Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, welcome everyone. This is week five. We're slowly trudging along, getting through to the good bits, according to us. Agreed. I feel like these are the best parts. <laughs> when everything slowly starts wearing down, and all the sunshine and rainbows start filtering out. <laughs> We're terrible people. <laughs> So, do you have any unfiltered highlights for us this week? Um, unfiltered highlights. Uh, the the guests were Miles, Bennett, and Woody. And honestly, this was the best unfiltered so far because they're a good time. They're good okay. guys. Okay. Um, and they they have a good spirit about them, all three of them. Nice. Um, I don't remember what Miles was wearing before, but Woody and Bennett were definitely wearing the same outfits. So these were either all shot on the same day um, <laughs> or they were asked to wear the same clothes. Jamie Otis is also in the same outfit. Yeah, so, before the episode starts, I see her where she says, stay tuned for new and it's that same blue dress. Woody and Miles discussed the dress. I've realized the dress has become like the bridesmaid's dress for every opportunity to keep on showing us these crazy bridesmaid's dresses and the unicycle. And now they look for every, like, three times now or four times, they've been like, how can we get this dress that Bennett wore to bed into conversation? (laughs) Bennett recommends the the dress to all men everywhere. He says it makes it very easy to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Oh, God. (laughs) Woody and Miles said that their wives would not go for it. Which, once again, you're like, oh, your wives. I know. They replayed the scene, once again, just killing things. They replayed the scene of Karen saying that Miles isn't her type to the producer, I was very uncomfortable with that. (laughs) Um, They kind of discussed pet peeves, and Woody said that Amani says that's deep all the time, which was really funny, because then when I was watching the episode, I was like, does she say it all the time? And she kind of does. She does. Yeah, definitely. Um, Jamie said, what is it like to see Karen meet your family for the first time to Miles? And I was like, and then they replayed the scene of the brunch. And I was like, she met them at the wedding. So that wasn't the first time. Um, and everybody just was like, you know, really like my family. Uh, Miles, like, you know, kind of made a joke about it and laughed it off. Um, Bennett said that he was really proud of his family, that he loves his family. And he just hopes his new wife will get along with them. Something that I missed when they replayed that clip of his sister talking about the babies and the ethics is that his dad was like, his reaction when the sister said that thing was really as if he had never heard that before. (laughs) (laughs) Did you catch that last week? I didn't catch it. I think the only thing was that his dad just seemed like he was with the wrong family. So I think it was more like, did she really just say that? I think he's just used to them saying strange things he's used to his family doing that but i didn't catch you know like oh this is the first time i've heard it it was more to me i was just like did she really just say that 
out loud here to her. I just think this gives credence to my theory about maximum drama. <laughs> if your dad is acting like like this is not some deeply held belief that he has, because his dad does not know about it, and I feel like his dad would know about it. I don't think so. I mean, there's some things that parents don't know that siblings know. Agreed. And you just, it's not worth the time arguing with them until you cross that bridge. So it's not necessarily, who knows. Woody had this, Woody and Miles both said in response to that conversation that they both want kids. Woody actually said, my DNA, my seed, my wife, my kids, my family, that's like what I want. I always find it funny when men say my seed. (laughs) (laughs) The biblical language. It is biblical, but it's like, that's just weird. But now that we're talking about it, this could just be my anecdotal like circle or experience. But I'm just thinking that I don't know a lot of Black people that don't want kids. I know a lot of people from other races that are like, no, I don't you know, I don't want kids and it's natural, but thinking about it, like, I think a lot of black people are into like their legacy and passing it down and generations and stuff. So there's not a lot, not that they don't exist, but I don't know a lot that don't want kids. So yeah, I could see it being like cultural. Yeah. I think it's like cultural. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. So, um, they also talked about Woody and his temper and he was just like, I used to be that way. He talked a lot about therapy and like how he's worked on it and figured it out. Then Bennett just kind of like blew my mind. He was like, my hygiene, they were kind of talking about like things that were not great about them. Like what are some things that you have that can, I are not great. And he's like, my hygiene isn't perfect. <laughs> I was like, that is a deal breaker well, for a lot of people. You just never know. Again, culturally, hygiene is different in a different spectrum. If you're on Twitter, everybody remembers that whole argument where people found out that some groups of people do not wash their feet in the bathroom and they thought it was a big deal. Then there was another one where people were talking about not showering every day and they were like, what is the big deal about that? So again, I don't think it's that, you know, shocking. (laughs) It is for you. But it it's, might not I think it's shocking dirty. for me that a person will go on national television and say, I am dirty. It's Well, to you, it's dirty, but to a huge other group of people. He didn't say, I don't shower every day. He didn't say, I don't wash my feet. He said, my hygiene isn't perfect, which to me is code word for I'm dirty and I know it. Oh, well, I, my first thought was showering, but yeah. Fashion could be better, not a great cook and tone deaf. That's what he said. Okay. He well, said his PJs are top notch, though. were there any other highlights no like it was a good unfiltered in that they did actually seem to be a little unfiltered and like i said the three of them are just they're having fun with it it's a nice it's a nice time it's 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 a good combination for unfiltered okay that's good um do you have any highlights from couples cam Yes, I do. Nothing too major as usual. I think the major highlight was Shanice and Jeffy. We've mentioned before how I don't know if they're necessarily in love, but they're determined to make it work and they're a team. And Shanice was complaining about having all the housework. And to Jeffy's credit, he was trying to make it better. But sometimes when men want to make things better, they make things worse and it's not into consideration 
because they're all about solutions oriented and don't consider everything. So Shanice had a breakdown as they sat down trying to work it through. And she cries a lot for anyone who doesn't remember. This is the Boston season. And she was just breaking down that nobody ever tells you how hard marriage is and how much work is put into it. So I felt for her because there is some kind of credence to that, but it's not for lack of trying that Jeffy wasn't trying. It's just, it's just something that happens. So, but they figured it out. They gave like a timetable of things that he would do that would help her and what times, because she explained that she's a night person. So when the baby's gone to bed, that's when she gets her work done. So he was talking about getting up early. She's like, I can't get up early. My day has to start at like from 10 o'clock if he does laundry and just things like that. So they'll figure it out. But I think she was just exhausted and she was just crying because sometimes it feels like you're doing the burden. But someone's trying to help, but you're like, you're, they'll probably do it wrong and you have to do it all over again, which he brought up, which is true. When you have that control freak, you're kind of just creating a lot of things for yourself. But yeah. And then Deanna and Greg. They're now selling the story of her wanting a baby so hard. That's pretty much all that's going on in their lives. And it's getting old. Like, I still love seeing them together and being cute. I actually went through her Instagram and his. And I like how she gets along with his sister, too. His sister, um, Greg and his sister have the same birthday. So that was kind of cool. And that's all they were doing. So this time she was looking for fertility foods and he was trying to go along. Fertility foods? Yeah. The last time it was like she was trying to give an analogy through football, how to get that. And, you know, so it's getting old. Like couples cam is getting really overproduced. (laughs) Like you can visibly see where the producers said, do this. But, you know, it's okay. It's something to bring child through quarantine and it's still fun. And yeah, those are the two highlights. All the other couples are still together, still in awe at how Bobby and Danielle got matched because every single time I watch them, I'm like, wow, this was a huge home run for the experts because they really knocked this out the park. But yeah, enough of the couples from the past. And we're coming back to our couples from last week at Hotel Escarret in Cancun, (laughs) Mexico. So what was your general feeling about the episode? I loved this episode so much. But like this season compared to last season, I was like, I think at this point last season, I was looking at three of the five couples being like, this is not going to work. Whereas I look at everybody and even the people who are, you know, there's only one couple who's really not doing that great at this point. Yeah. It's still like, I still think they have a chance to work out, you know? And everybody is being kind of like positive and nice and committed. I I actually think this group of people, whether or not all the couples make it, you don't have that feeling of like, why did they pick these trash humans? And this could change. But based on this episode, it's just like, wow, these are are some pretty good people. I mean... I want to have the belief that you had, but I just really feel like I've been burned by Married at First Sight many times. So I am basking in the positivity. And like you, yes, I really enjoyed the episode. I think it was nice and it was fun. And we got to know a lot more about them. But I think my only two things about this, yes, they're positive and all. And in and like you said, in the past, we've already started seeing cracks in them. But there was PDA. I don't know why I'm fixated on this PDA thing. But there were so many moments where I'm just like, just give a peck or something. But again, like we established last episode, this group is not a PDA type group. So yeah, they're getting along. But I'm also not yet, except from one couple, feeling that, you know, romance. It's like I'm watching Friends at First Sight. Yeah, it, it works, but... I'm not all the way there. And then the other thing is, it's always been visible. Like we've always said, Married at First Sight is a highly produced show. But I don't know if it's just this 
season that is very obvious with the conversation topics that it's not organic. I don't know if you pick up. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Like, I think what I find interesting is I know that they've just started the honeymoon, but like the experts have not done a single thing. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm, I'm sure hopefully next week there'll be exercises or something because I don't know. I'm always trying to compare to past seasons. I'm like, at this point, don't they usually have like a honeymoon exercise or relationship exercise and like nothing? Yeah, they do. So I feel like the the producers are swooping in and by forcing conversations, doing that stuff. But to be fair, this was day one of their honeymoon, right? No, they were on day four or something by the time we left them. It was day four of the marriage. And they had done two full days of honeymoon. We'll start with our first couple, which was Amelia and Bennett. And Amelia and Bennett, they're still cutesy. They looked fully clothed, but, you know, Bennett is still rocking his dress. And Amelia is saying that she's feeling lucky and they're having just pillow talk. And she asks him, no, sorry, they're eating breakfast. And she asks him why he signed up for this. And he says he wants to, he just told himself he needs to YOLO. You only love once. Okay. She said, um no that's not what yolo means he goes no then she goes no it means you only live once eight i rewound this four times because to me i thought he said you only live once and i'm like they're saying the same thing why are you they know i rewound twice but <laughs> i thought he said you only live once and then she said no it doesn't stand for that it means you only love once and oh. i was like <laughs> is she making a joke or is she? i felt like it was a cute moment she was basically like steering him into the direction that she wants him to go. Yeah, but I didn't hear that. So to me, I'm hearing them say the same thing. And I kept rewinding rewinding four times. And I'm like, what are they correct? And I was like, is this like an eccentric joke I'm not getting? It was my husband who was like, he's saying you only love once. I'm like, really? So then, then I heard it after he said it. But for the life of me on my own, I did not hear him say it. It's so funny because I'm like, no, I rewound it too. He said you only live once. She said you only love once. Then he agreed with her. And it was like a cute moment. So I don't know who said what. And apparently, I don't think you know either. No, I do know. I said my husband told me what he said. And then I put in my closed caption. And then I heard it. He said you only love once. And she said you only live once. And then See, I was like, oh. is a fool because she should have ran with that you only love once thing. <laughs> but I think she handled it well. She was, um once again, she took it in stride and she said it would be nice um, if everything worked out and it, it, it was actually you only love once. So I think, you know, it was nice. So Amelia asked about his childhood, which apparently we're going to find out is a running question. One of the overproduced moments we're talking about through all the couples and then Bennett went a little deep which I did appreciate and he was talking about how when he was younger his mom had cancer so he always had this mortality you know gloom around him what did you think about that scene um it was so deep and it was really it was a sweet thing and it was really revealing this is what gets me I want them to reveal actual things about themselves yeah a part of me it makes me uncomfortable as a human being to watch humans be that open Mm because I'm like I shouldn't be seeing this but I feel like it's you know it's what you need to do to get close to your spouse so you have to share this stuff but it was for a brief moment I was like and I said all that stuff about that woman last week and look what she survived (laughs) but but as to more about what it means for Bennett I just you know I think this is part of the closeness with his you know with his family when you go through something like that if depending on what kind of family you are it'll bring you together 
Yeah. When they were having breakfast, he was like, you know, I was raised with the theater and, you know, Judaism. That That's like, those were my family religions. I was like, that's super interesting. That also explains why they broke glass at their wedding, because that is a Jewish tradition. And he's the one who was Jewish, which uh-huh. I, we did not know. Yes, that is true. What I found interesting was after he said all this um, stuff about his childhood and cancer, Amelia's like, I had a happy childhood. <laughs> like, okay. But she also that like her mom being absent. I mean, she tried to fluff it up with she was always present when she was there, but she worked a lot. And so that's why, you know, I really love my bike is because I'd be out on my bike all the time. That's part of sharing is like someone shares something very deep. And she basically shared like my mom was while not trying to call her mom a bad mother, because I don't think she believes that she's just saying like she wasn't she was busy. She was being a doctor and she wasn't always there. <laughs> I just said it was interesting how Bennett went all deep and he was all talking about that and it was all somber. And she just went, well, I had a happy childhood. Usually, you know, people are like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that and all that. She was just like, yeah, well, I had a happy childhood. That's how she started and it moved on. That was what I found interesting was just. I don't think she was saying I have a, had a happy childhood as a contrapoint to what he said. She was actually using it to segue into the a part of her childhood that was actually not that happy. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. But um, eventually they had a good day. Um, Part of the day was that they met up with Woody and Amani. And I don't know if this is, I, I, I was curious as to how they selected what couple would meet up, you know, with what couple, if it was naturally happened or if the producers wanted them to meet because they're the two top couples, so to speak. But that was a thought that crossed my mind. Did you think about how that came about? Uh, I did not. But I also, I am watching this with like, yes, part of their job is to have the first few episodes of Married at First Sight. But the other part is to sell us on this resort, which they did a great job on. So they have to feature every single activity that the resort offers. Okay. So meeting up with Woody and Amani at kind of this beautiful spot and swimming is like, part of the commercial Uh i don't i I didn't think about it yeah so that's what i meant so yeah woody and imani and amelia and bennett the couples meet up and they're playing by the pool at this point we established that amelia and bennett's tradition is just they just jump into the pool i think they call it like their morning swim or something like that and it always looks so fun they're just always so happy when they're in there so the couples are going together um they rate woody amelia rates woody and amani very highly because she mentions that they complement each other so well and then she's talking there's a video of woody and amani just dancing on their own in their own world and it was really um very cute but for the life of me i couldn't understand why bennett was swimming in his underwear it was woody <laughs> Yeah, with, like you know what? But if anyone was gonna do it, it'll be Bennett. So you know, <laughs> in front of my wife because he was all like, "Why are you underwear in front of my wife?" I think he leaked out. He's like, "We have stuff out hanging out and all." Because it's not like Bennett didn't have swim trunks. We saw in other scenes that he did. He just chose to be in his underwear when another couple was. Co- you know what? More power to them. But it, it, that was. It's tough. like a part of you wants to be like, "Why am I asking these questions?" <laughs> there are no answers. So, um, yeah, but moving on, it was a long day for them. Again, they're in bed, they're talking. I remember talking about, you know, last week where they don't shower, they just changed. And I only noticed it because their feet were so dirty when they were in the bed. And I was looking at the dirty feet and the white sheets and I was shuddering. 
as I was watching. And I'm like, at least just wash your feet. But yeah. <laughs> this dude said hygiene is not his strong point. And apparently he's found his match because they don't believe in bathing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's why when you said that, the first thing I thought of was like um showering and stuff. But anyways, um we they move on to I guess you're right about the days because it's like the next day, I can't I don't think it was the same day where they're walking across the resort and there's a nice chest floor um on there. And then this is what I mean by featuring every amenity. They're like, look, we have a fun chest set that's just out there. Yeah. That's why they- yes. And I, I do, they're doing a great job of it. Like, of all the things that I think are overproduced per se, the way they're showing the resort, to be honest, I don't even, and I'm in marketing, I don't think, I think they're doing a good job of making it as natural as possible, actually. Agreed. So, and I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I watch this thing, especially in the times that we're in now, and I'm like, I want to go to this resort tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the chess look like fun. I don't know how to play chess. Well, I'm in the same boat as well. Amelia does know how to play, but she says she never does because she always loses right beyond. But because of marriage, she's willing to play because Bennett likes to. My husband knows how to play chess. I don't know how to play chess. I have no interest in learning how to play chess. If not, maybe I would volunteer also to play chess and lose but it really looks boring but maybe i'm just not that smart but i, I just never <laughs> no interest but the conversation they had when they were playing chess i was like uh there were just a couple points in that conversation i was like i'm no absolutely not so as they're playing across the um chess and going across the producers pick out um bennett and call him aside and doing a little interview they ask him if he has a crush and he thought she was look, listening and he looked around to be like, oh, yes, I do have one. I thought that was really cute that he was admitting to having a crush on her. On her, We know he likes her. No, but I think the way it played out, but, you know, you can have a crush on someone and admitting it is a whole different thing. But I think the way it played out where he looked, I mean, we already know they ask questions 10,000 times. But the way Bennett was all <laughs> like giggling like a little schoolboy, I thought it was really cute. Okay, it was cute. <laughs> so anyway, she goes back and then I mean he goes back and then they start having this conversation that was um interesting and what I considered their first awkward moment. Do you agree? Yes. But of course when you reach for authenticity, it's gonna be awkward. Yeah. They both decide to talk about previous breakups and Bennett's answer to why previous relationships haven't worked out is that he is a self he's just too selfless it makes his partner feel guilty it's a humble brag <laughs> when someone says i'm just i'm too nice i'm just too nice don't you hear humble brag when someone says that i don't necessarily think it's a humble brag because i can see how being too nice can be a negative i see how being too nice can be a negative but there i actually would rank that like there are a lot of issues that a person could have that i'm like you need to run to a therapist absolutely but the i'm too nice one should be is probably at the top of my list the first time that being too nice of a person backfires on you and this like pattern happens repeatedly you need some help (laughs) the fact that you can openly run around saying with no shame i'm just too nice to me, is like a huge issue. Maybe it was just his nice way of not saying what the real, real 
issue that's another probability i that could totally be it but i'm actually shocked by how many people just come out and say i'm just too nice yeah i'm thinking to myself well why don't you try stopping like why are you letting why do you allow people to just run over you like that actually i see what you're saying because if you if you think if you're doing what you're doing and you're not going to self-proclaim and say i'm too nice you're not going to see it that way you're just going to see it as you're doing what you had to do so unless you're just parroting what other people have said maybe someone that was not happy with whatever you were doing saying you're too nice you're too nice and you're just repeating it but you don't necessarily you know either you don't believe in it or you do and you just keep doing it and maybe it's not that you're too nice is maybe that the word is i'm a pushover <laughs> and then once again why are you bragging that you're a pushover well because I, that's what i'm saying like maybe that was just his nicest way i don't know that he's bragging he could be saying this is someone who openly said my hygiene is not the best do you think he cares maybe it's a personal issue for me that truly blows my mind when people say that i'm like do you understand that that's a problem do you understand that you will never survive this world so after bennett says i'm too nice <laughs> Then it's like he switches the question to Amelia and is asked about her breakups. So his answer was his, he's too nice. Her answer was like, I had to move a lot. And then when I would move, the relationship would end, right? Yes. Um, And she did mention something about both people being too independent, which I think is code word for like, I had to pick up a move, whether it was for med school, for just for life, I had to pick up a move. Yeah. And the person wouldn't be willing to move with me, which to me is actually not, we're both too independent. It's that for whatever reason, whether it was professionally, personally, they weren't willing to follow you. I think that that's also a code for either you're too stubborn or you also put up a wall knowing that you have to move. And in the past, you've had to do that so many times and you're like, I'm not going to go through this again. So I'm not going to be fully invested. So even if they wanted to follow you, it's like, eh, don't follow me. I don't want anyone to like, I don't want it to be on me. Like you moved because of me and all that. So I think it was also a defense mechanism, partly. Definitely. And then it kind of ended very strangely. Yeah, because he asked her a question and was like, are you willing to settle after all the necessary movement and all that? And she kind of spaced out. She didn't space out. She's like, oh, chess. Because she didn't want to answer the question. She was just like, huh? She avoided answering the question. <laughs> oh, you I thought think she avoided answering the question because he clearly stayed. I guess it sounds like he's like born, raised, lived his whole life in New Orleans. So he was just saying like, not that we have to live in New Orleans, but like when you're done with what's after residency? Um, is it that you get a job, but if you decide to do a fellowship, you have to do another year somewhere else. Right. So she either does a fellowship for a year or two or she gets a job. And he's just saying like, after all this, you're a doctor, come like you pick some place and we stay there. And he wasn't even being that aggressive about it, but that was definitely the vibe that I was like hearing was, hey, can we just pick one place and like build a community and stay there after you're done with all this? And she didn't want to answer that question. But I think the answer is that she is, has a little bit of wanderlust and she probably doesn't want to, she's not one of those people who just wants to live one place for the rest of her life. Mm. And she just didn't want to say it. That's my theory. Oh, that makes sense. I didn't think about it. I thought she spazzed out. I thought it was all part of her eccentric stuff. But I will say that even with that knowledge, I'm thinking that this still brings up my fear of Amelia is does she have the ability to go deep? Like, I'm curious to see, like, I feel like Bennett has shown us, you know, even when the parents asked, are you willing to follow her? And he gave an honest answer. I hopefully I will adore her enough to get there talking about his fear of mortality and things like that. Yes, she spoke about her childhood, but even then, I don't know that it was just 100% full deep. And then with this, even though she asked, that's why I said that question and she asked, oh, how was your childhood and blah, blah, blah. It's like, 
I don't know, is that something Amelia would ask? So her avoiding this question or not answering it, I'm just like, how does Amelia handle, is she one of those people who does not like dealing with serious emotions? We'll find out next week. We shall find out. So we go from, we go from those two who are doing pretty good, but we're starting to get beyond the surface. And sometimes we might not like what we see there to Christiane and Henry who have not breached any type of surface. Mm, mm, <laughs> mm. I, I mean, overall, they had a good week because they had nowhere to go but up. Mm. But at the beginning of them, you know, waking up, having breakfast. I mean, this poor girl just has to beg for acknowledgement. She's like, do you like hanging out with me? It's just <laughs> sad. Because, okay, just to step back a little bit. So in the beginning of the episode, they have that um, personal cam where all the couples are waking up and saying things. I'm writing notes. Amelia and Bennett, cutesy. Karen and Miles, actually cozy. Um, Amani and Woody, oh, that's whatever. And then um, Brett and Olivia, I'm like, cool. We get to Christine and Harry, my exact words were stony. I'm like, are, what is happening here? <laughs> um, a lot is happening. So they do their stand-ups and they're, they are getting a little bit honest. Henry's still and I think we get along well. I don't know how you can tell based on what we've seen. And Christina admits Henry is kind of shy. I'm like, okay. You're here with us in reality. Thank you. <laughs> so they go kayaking and she's like, okay, it's his first kayak, his first time out the country. Cause we can't go a few minutes without her mentioning it's the first time out of the country. Uh, his first passport that. stamp, which goes right on hand with first time out of the country. And her energy to me just reads, why was I matched with the most boring human on earth? And I'm not the best Christina fan or fan at all, but She's right at this point because I will say she is trying because and, uh, this is what yep. Henry lost me when they were talking during breakfast and that, you know, when she says, oh, I think we get along well. Christina is just happy to get any crumbs. She's pleased. She's like, me too. I like it. But instead of Henry to stop right there and say we get along well, he goes, I mean, we're not quite Woody and Amani. What? Why? <laughs> Why would you see that? You can see Christina deflating, and but she was, you know, again, handled it well. She was wise. She was like, don't compare. Comparison is the thief of joy. But everything else afterwards was just, man, she tried. She did. She really did. And then they went kayaking. And I felt like this is where things started looking up. Because he actually told her she was terrible at kayaking. Like, it was just a fun little moment. Like, oh, you're so bad. Stop kayaking. I'll do it. Like, I felt like we were finally seeing a little bit of personality. <laughs> and then the swimming conversation, that was kind of cute, too. <laughs> but also with the swimming conversation they had that cute little thing about do you have a pulse did you did you remember that yes i had to rewind because i was confused myself because i thought she was talking about him so when he said oh who's asking and then she goes oh no me and i'm like oh oh okay then i had a belated lol but yeah i was it, it was awkward too everything it was cute but the darkness within them is bringing them together i mean that was my original thought but i don't see that aid i, uh... I i'm not willing to give up on them quite yet that's where i am well, I mean, she does. Here's my thing: the disconnect between two. The thing is, they're similar in some way. The disconnect. She tells us that she's a wife, but she doesn't feel like it yet. She thinks Henry's kind, but he's shy, so she's always guessing what he thinks, which is fine. But her facial expressions and body language, as well as his, is always completely different with what they tell us. We're watching it. We're seeing Henry not give any eye contact. We're seeing Henry look visibly uncomfortable. 
she looks like give me something and then they talk to us i think we had a good day i think we're great oh i think we're getting along and i'm like wait what (laughs) so at least that's something they have in common because their brown language is not saying what's coming out of their, their mouth yeah you're right but while last week it was like a joke the difference now it just seems like okay it's a little bit of a disconnect and maybe they can meet somewhere where their stand-ups match what we're actually seeing maybe did you think he seemed irritated at the kayaking that she was messing up i couldn't tell i think i was just so happy to see some sort of personality (laughs) (laughs) some sort of like oomph in him i was just like i don't think he was rude or anything no 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 i think it was rude but he was going back and forth like he was irritated like she wasn't doing anything then he was saying as a joke thing you could tell you know some jokes where there's some facts behind it or some truth behind it and she's like she wasn't doing anything but i was doing it just floating but you know that's okay that's what i'm supposed to do so i couldn't tell i then again i can never gauge what he's thinking so i mean who knows he doesn't want us to (laughs) but i am tired of their conversations i'm tired of them always saying we compliment each other and it's just repetitive at this point my view is i just look forward to what could be their next like one-on-one activity is the mud bath where she once again mentions that he hasn't done a lot (laughs) and he's afraid of everything i was gonna do have fun we should have counted how many times she said, first time out the country. I'm not that petty, but we should have. Yeah. I and think- he said, this is the craziest thing I've ever done. And I was thinking to myself, the ju- or the most dangerous thing he's ever done. And it was like, was that the trampoline where I could see the pads on the side of the trampoline <laughs> or floating in the mud? That like, they called it mud, but it was really just like dirty water. I don't know if it even rises to the level of mud. Yeah. When he said that was the craziest thing, I mean, I think by the time you add that to, again, like last week when he said his favorite place was Virginia, Christina should have a full, like a huge idea of who she's dealing with. Now, the question is, you know, I now talking to you, I think I've changed my mind. Yes, maybe there's hope for them. I really hope it's a turnaround because it would be a good story. I don't see the hope. I want there to be hope. But him making that funny about if I could be calmer than I already am, I think that gives a glimmer of something. But I think I should remember that. I think I still stand by what I say is that he's just not into her. This is why everything is harder. Not that Henry is not already a stone wall, but I do think because he's not into her, he doesn't know how to handle it. That's why it's even worse. But Christina is trying. And the reason why I'll give her props also is she's dating someone that is different from anyone she's ever dated. But most of these people, we see them, they'll be fixated on that. But Christina is able, is smart enough to figure out that, hey, all those people I dated before, it didn't work out. So maybe trying someone else that is new. But I guess it was news to me that she'd actually dated before. I think from that thing when she was crying about never getting flowers, never getting whatever, I didn't even actually know that she had dated. I thought... I don't know where I got that impression from that she hadn't um, dated, but I do give her props for sticking it out and not like writing him off because we have had a couple where she called quits during a honeymoon. And if anyone was going to call quits, I think Christina has all the rights to call quits right now. I think you at least have to try. And that's definitely what she's doing. If she wanted to quit right now, I'm saying like, I think that it would be valid. Because honestly, she drives most of the conversations. She drives the activities. That's exhausting. She <laughs> drives the things. And then you tell me that jumping on a trampoline is the craziest thing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, th- I do appreciate when Henry said he will try. He could have easily said no, to be fair. And exactly. not do my thing, but he said he would try. So, okay, yeah, I agree. I think they moved up. 
One last um, odd thing again that I noticed when they went kayaking, I was wondering why Christina was like in a full dress. And I realized that, oh, it was a cover up. It wasn't like a full. I thought it was like a summer dress. It wasn't. It was just a cover up. And I was wondering why she wasn't in a bathing suit. I did think that maybe she's uncomfortable in a bathing suit, but I was like, yeah, maybe it's just that. But when they went for the mud bath, I realized that she was also in a large T-shirt covering up. So I think the deduction is she's probably either uncomfortable in a bathing suit or uncomfortable in a bathing suit on camera. I don't know. I, later on, we see someone in a bathing suit. And it did occur to me when I was watching. I'm like, thanks a lot. I, wouldn't, I had to go bathing suit shopping this week. I'm not going, I think, on national television in a bathing suit. I don't know if I could do it. So I really admire them for putting on those bikinis and going on television. Although not a single one of them has a bad body. Not a single one. Yeah. So that's why it really stood out. Because at first I was like, maybe it isn't. But then when I saw the one with the shirt. So if my next episode, which is also covered up again, I'm probably like, okay, maybe she's just uncomfortable, which is not, not on brand for Christina. So, but honestly, for Henry to say he's scared of anything, you know, I wouldn't peg Christina as a daredevil. <laughs> she's just a normal person. Yeah. I just, yeah. So I, 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 I don't know if it's props that she took it in stride, but for her, she does like to try new things. But at the same time, I don't know if that's a huge, like compared to, you know, Stephanie from the Philly season who likes the daredevil. Imagine if they gave her a Henry, that would be like a death knell for her. Like, this is like the craziest thing you've ever done. So We'll see how they project, but good on them for going up. But we shall move on to a couple that is completely opposite of both of the people we just spoke about, Christine and Henry. We are talking about Amani and Woody. How did you feel about this couple, this episode? Well, so far, they're, they're just a, they're a Fed favorite and they're my favorite. I did. So I, maybe it's just like the prude in me. I don't know. There's a lot of talk about sex. And sometimes I'm just like, can you just do it already? <laughs> I don't want to hear you talk about it anymore. I think in my mind, I just envisioned myself on TV and like my my parents and my friends and every my coworkers and like I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I could not have these conversations. All that, and so it's very un- uncomfortable for me to watch other people have these conversations. Um, I don't care because all that goes out the window when you sign up for a reality show like especially one that's like this and especially married at first sight where they fixate on that until you have actually done it but maybe they think if you talk about it a lot it'll make you do it but they get drained i love that they talk about it a lot <laughs> this is like a complete contradiction for what i just said but i, I know just, in terms of like what? positive for their relationship I, it's wonderful that they're just like talking about it hey, you need to figure out where you stand <laughs> They get for drinks. the goodness of their relationship. I'm glad they talk about it. For my personal comfort, I don't want them to talk about it. <laughs> All right, but they get drinks and then they start talking about sex. And Woody says he feels their body gravitating, and she says she definitely wants to have sex with him, but she hasn't had as many experiences. And then she asked him a question that I thought was just so weird: is how good is he at? coaching and that was just a weird i don't know i thought the whole thing was weird because one when someone says i haven't had as many experiences what does that mean are you a virgin or you haven't had sex how many times because you could have been with one person or two people and had a lot of sex you could have been with 10 people they could have been one night stand so i didn't even know when she said had as many experiences like i didn't i just thought that was a weird thing as an adult to say 
and then asking him if he's good at coaching because for one sex is a natural thing like i know everyone makes this big deal about it and all that but your body's kind of know what to do and especially for her if it's that she's had sex before but she just doesn't know what to do your bodies know what to do it's not the same with every person that you have sex with so when you get to know woody the more you get comfortable the more you do it the more you're going to figure it out i just didn't understand her asking him if he's good at coaching i think the better question would be if you're patient enough, like, you know, and then the way Woody phrased it afterwards, where he appreciated her bringing it up, but um, it's better for him to know rather than expect her to be like this person. I think that's what she was trying to say. But the I way she was trying to say that she's not confident in this area. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying like the way like I understand what she was trying to say, but just the way she phrased it, like saying, are you good at coaching was just that was what was weird to me. And I don't know if the confidence is because one, he's just, like I said, he's a stranger. Two, Woody just looks like, oh, he's been around the block many times. He knows what he's doing. But like I said, it's not always the same. Like, sex is such a weird thing where you could have had sex with one person who thinks like you're this, you know, hell hell on wheels in bed. And the other person like, eh, they're all right. Because everybody's chemistry is different. So I don't know. I just thought that was a weird question. But again, like you said, it's good that you know, they're talking about it and Woody took it in, in stride. Well, did he take it in stride? Because he did mention something about being trained and all that, which I thought was a little immature. But it I is- think Woody, uh, yeah, Woody took it in, in stride. But he did, like, while taking it in stride, he made sure to mention, like, his sexual prowess for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he says it's not a big deal and it's better she told him up front, which is um um pretty cool. Like, you know, she's able to say what she wants to say. Um, So they go swimming. I think this was the one where they were swimming with um, Amelia and Bennett. Or correct me if I'm wrong. And then his ring comes off, and that was a that was great, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his ring. Because everybody remembers season nine, Keith and Iris, Charlotte. Um, I, Keith loses his ring. He eventually finds it, but the whole time Iris is just acting the fool. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he lost his ring. Amani was sad. Then they moved on. It was like a non-event almost. I forgot about it until you mentioned it again. Yeah. Iris, well, she was just a child anyway. So, but he did appreciate and like that she didn't blow her top. Because, and I like that about Woody because it's one thing when someone does something that and you take that for granted. Like, yeah, it shouldn't have been a big deal. Don't do it. But for him to actually appreciate that she didn't blow her top and she didn't, you know, make a big deal about that. I really like that about Woody. But the other thing was like, why don't they size their rings? Because Henry had a situation where his ring was too big too. So I mean they size them, but just because you go to the jeweler and say this is my ring size, they still might need to like size it afterwards. And they clearly haven't had time to do that. Ring well, sizes are pretty standard, but depending on whether like like on hot days if your hands swell up, like it can so you sometimes you have to go get your ring resized. So they move on and I did appreciate this when they went back to the hotel, she asked him to take a shower. So they can take showers coming back to what I said last episode where I'd never seen anyone take a shower. But I did think it was a good first step that, you know, she's asking him you know, to come take a shower and join him and join her. And then, you know, it's a kind of intimacy, but it's not sex, but we're getting there and they're just taking their pace. So I really like that. Definitely. And we get a situation where all the couples meet up and it was great happy hour so the couples meet up and it's called like a happy hour they all catch up and all the couples meet each other and you know survey the area and see how all the couples are interacting they all laugh at woody's um ring loss and then i think 
<laughs> maybe it was just me, but you tell me how you feel. I think everybody was going on about Woody and Amani, you know, how great they are, how they get along and all that. And from nowhere, Olivia jumped in and she's like, I like my husband. <laughs> did you catch that? I did not catch that, but I'm actually glad she did because it. the show can be very repetitive. Every, yeah. Everybody, I actually, I'm glad that we realize, okay, well, we can see it because we're watching it on TV. But yeah. the people around them can also see, like, this is the most connected couple. Yes. But Olivia's just like, it's not all about you. There's five of us. I know. It was so <laughs> funny to me because she's just like, I, I like my husband. And I was like, get in there, girl. <laughs> but, <laughs> so she goes in and she says the thing that she likes about Brent. And sorry, Henry is not having it. He tells us in the confessional, this is, okay, this is how you know Henry does have a personality. And he's just not feeling like Christina. Because he's like, yeah, I'm still not forgetting what I saw in The Bachelorette. Like, I like her, and but it's something to keep an eye on. He was more animated discussing Brett hitting on his friends and acting like an yeah. ass than he has ever been in any interaction with Christina. Yes. So, yeah, <laughs> I stand by my thing of he's just not... Because, again, if you're going to be friends with Trichelle, you have to have... I mean, I know she said he was boring on their date, but if they stayed friends, there had to be something about him. Hopefully, she's just not picking on him the entire time. But, you know, because it seems like he has all these mean female friends, so I don't know. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, and then I noticed Bennett sat the same way he sat at brunch, so maybe that's just how he sits with one leg up on the seat. But I like how Bennett always looks at Amelia adoringly. I don't know if you caught that, but anytime he's head is always cocked to the side looking at their um Miles and Karen. Yeah, they explain apparently they upgraded their relationship status to my stranger. They explain what it means, like, you know, you're you're a stranger, we don't know each other, but it still feels comfortable, but my stranger. Did you think this was cute or bullshit? I thought it was cute, but I'm also like, this is a very long explanation. Everybody, if you, especially back in the olden days when we would go into office buildings, there are just the people that you see, whether it's like the coffee person, you go to the coffee shop five days a week or however much, that's the person who makes your coffee. And then if there's like a substitute, you're kind of like, huh, where's my person? That yeah. like metaphor worked very well for me. But I, <laughs> even after only three days, I really don't think that's how you should be describing your spouse. This doesn't bode well. They're just, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just see how it goes. But yeah, you know where I stand on Karen, but we'll see. But Miss Chris, little Miss Christina in the corner brings it up and says that she and Karen are similar. I'm like, nope, nope, nopity, nope, nope. You are not in the same situation. They're not in the same because because miles <laughs> um, and so and I actually this was I think where I started to get and we'll get into it with Karen and miles but it just seems like miles needs to do this and miles and miles need to be patient miles blah, blah, blah. And it's like well what what does Karen have to, does Karen have any responsibilities here or is she just here to make sure that she doesn't ever get too uncomfortable yep I agree, I agree. um so the other like parts of the group discussion so christina kind of like seeing her with other people is also a bit like oh you know you can have much more fun with other people <laughs> than henry so the uh, conversation about sex inevitably comes up because this is married at first sight and it has to and everyone starts going around as to who has had sex already everyone assumes amani and woody have already had sex and they say that they haven't and then brett comes up and says that they agreed to keep things private and they're not going to um, say anything. Uh, Christina brought up the math thing with Amelia and Bennett. Yes. And I thought it was interesting that she brought it up, but like not in a mean way at all. 
Yes. And this is what I meant by her having a personality <laughs> that comes out more when she's not with Henry than when she <laughs> is with it by herself, which is yeah. very, very sad. Yeah. Because he that gives her nothing. The whole point of relating with people is feeding off of the energy that you get from them. But Henry gives her nothing. So she's basically floundering and just doing her best. So out of Olivia and Brett, who do you, whose idea do you think it was to like try to keep... Well, it's interesting because they're like, oh, we're not going to tell anything. And then Olivia's like, nothing's happened yet. And I was like, you just said you weren't going to say anything and you just told us nothing's happened. <laughs> so are we to expect that you will stop talking when something happens? Whose idea do you think it was to, to, to try to hide it from us, the viewers, what's going on? Brett. You do? Yes. I thought it was Olivia with the Jesus parents. Oh, Olivia looks like she doesn't care about that. Olivia's just like, as long as you stay in love with me and I stay married, I would do anything or whatever. But Brett seems, I'm not quite sure where this goes. I'm not whatever. Even if this happens, I don't want anybody to say anything or I did this. And he just has the prototype of people from previous seasons who have asked for it to be hidden. I don't know. <laughs> did you have anything else on the couples meetup? Um, I love that. Like, so you said that Amani said that there was like nothing going on with Henry and Christina, but Woody also said it's pretty weird that they don't talk, they don't hold hands or kiss. I don't know. That's what Woody said. So yes. it's just, I mean, everybody is picking up on it. But something that they did is they did a little voiceover action. Something I have that everybody should pay attention to when you're watching reality television. If things are said when the camera is not on the person, take it with a grain of salt. Because they will insert lines in there, usually just to like add context or like make it sound flow a little bit better. Nothing crazy. Yeah. But Christina said something like no comparison to the other couples and she wishes um, that they had more chemistry. But the line that they inserted that is not in that same sentence is, I am jealous of how everyone else is progressing. We have no idea if she said that that day or if she said that three months later and they dropped that yeah. line, that audio line in. Yes, that's, yeah, that's very important because reality show would do anything they can to provoke a reaction. But yeah, that's true. Because I, I did write that down that she mentioned jealousy, but it wasn't her, we weren't seeing her say mouth those words. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, and the whole like, um, there's a funny uh, meme out there of Woody and Amani's face when Henry said that he'd never approached a woman at a bar. And there was kind of this like universal reaction of like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And I was like, this is like the patriarchy in action. We have expectations for what men should do. And that he said in a group setting, I've never approached anybody at a bar. There was the aspect of Christina being like, this is not like anybody who I've ever dated. Mm -hmm. That I can like accept more. But the idea that, like, the whole group should be horrified because he's never approached anybody at a bar, that is just, you know, the patriarchy in action. You think so? Yeah, it's it's very much defining, this is what men should do. And if a man doesn't do that, oh my god, is he a man? Well, I mean, then it goes back to, because if that's the whole thing of dating, then we should be horrified that men ask women to get married. Because that is what it leads up to. You ask out, you ask on a date, and then you ask to marry. If someone were to describe their relationship that way, I'd be like, that's cool. I don't, I guess I don't see that as a problem, but I think it's more about the expectations. Yeah. Like, I why, as a society, we're, you know, we're kind of moving towards women initiating things. But I, in the context of the show, 
to me, it's just the idea that like people should be horrified because he's never he's a perfect person for married at first sight. He didn't even have to ask her out and she married him. I don't know, because I feel like I would be surprised, too. But I also don't think that it would be because of the patriarchy. That would be my reason. I just think it's like kind of like a rite of passage. Like it's like if a girl, her experience is like she got asked to the dance or she got asked on a date. It's not usually like, oh, I asked. Not that you can't. But I asked this guy on a date. Um, it's not the same as, oh, I asked my first, you know, conversations fathers and sons have like, oh, how you treat a girl, how you ask her on a date. Oh, I've never approached anyone. You know, I think I didn't just take it like a bar. I just feel like I've just never been the one to go out there and ask a girl out. I think that I would be horrified, but I don't know that I'll be horrified because of a patriarchy reason. I would Why would you be surprised? Because it's a part of life dating is a part of life so getting asked on a date is a part of life like for a girl getting ready for a dance is part of like going on a date so a guy learning how to um ask a girl out on a date how to treat a girl on a date because the progression is you ask a girl to be my girl then you ask a girl you know to marry me like i can't separate asking a girl out on a date and asking a girl to marry because at the end of the day it's still kind of what it is where the man is the one who does the asking so it's all asking on a date asking is a it's all part of this again a part of life no they're not a part of life so much as they are expectations all right and then it's like but why do we expect that because it's i don't know i don't know how to put it because the same way i put like not that the end goal is marriage everybody's not supposed to get married but like the reason why people date is they're trying to find a person so when you're trying to find a person dating is a part of life because with dating you get to learn about yourself you get to learn about other people you get to learn about relationships that is like for the most That's part all correct but i'm like why does the date have to start with someone like going up to someone at a bar like he's not saying he's never been on a date he's not saying he's never had a relationship he's just saying i've never approached someone at a bar and i'm sure he's been online i think trichelle said they met on match.com or something like that i'm just wondering why is this this expectation that he could reach a certain age and never have gone to a bar and like gone up to a girl at a bar why why do we think that every man has to do that because I explained that I didn't just take it as a bar. My thing was I took it like he'd never asked anyone out. I didn't just say like bar because I think everyone's saying the expression. I could be wrong. But the way I took it was that he'd never asked anyone out. But somehow he's got, I, he never, here's the thing that, that maybe I'm just assuming. He said he's never asked anyone out, but I assume he's gone on dates. He's figured out a way to go on dates without doing that action that everybody seems so shocked that he didn't do. Yeah, maybe friends. And then technology makes everything easy right now there's not a lot of work that's involved so you could have found a date but someone's like okay you're going on a date with my sister you're going on a date with my friend today and i'm gonna do this for you but he's never I listen this man said jumping on a trampoline was the craziest thing he's ever done i don't really don't think it's far-fetched that he's never asked anyone out so that was my surprise i think horrified is a strong word it's just that all right let's end that <laughs> <laughs> okay so after the wonder that is the group discussion uh let's talk about olivia and brett Okay. They seem to be going... It's so interesting. I would have much more higher marks for them were it not for what happened at that bachelor party. Things seem to be going well. Like, he is complimenting her. Their dating conversation was was real fascinating. I think that 
So what colored this episode for me? I do appreciate, well, until I realized that maybe producers helped that. I already gave them props for always talking about stuff. I like that they talk about real stuff and actual things that will impact like their relationship. But I feel like Brett has started showing a little bit of his personality in this episode and I didn't like it. I think he was a little abrupt to her. Maybe it was his sarcasm or anything, but I think a little bit of his the dark side of his personality started um, showing. So I know he said he dated quite a bit and his engagement was like less than a year. And she said her last relationship was three and a half years ago. I know we talked about it. And then he said that that's a big gap to get to know yourself. What did you think about that? I think I don't really believe people when they say they're getting to know themselves. I think what it really means is like I dated around, put varying degrees of effort into dating and didn't find anybody worth being in a relationship with for three and a half years. But if you want to call it working on yourself, more power to you. I've been single for, this is not like me judging. I've been single for longer than that. If you want to believe that, go ahead. But I think it's really that, like my relationship ended and I never really found anybody else, nor was I really that interested in putting much effort into it. I think that is very accurate. That is very accurate what she said, because when he said that, I felt personally attacked. I literally out loud, I said, fuck off, Brent. <laughs> but listening to what you're saying, I think that is true. I, I feel like I was in the same position for so many years. I do want to think that I was working on myself because there were certain things that I noticed. But I also agree that heavily is the fact that you're just like, listen, I haven't found anyone that is worth um dating and I'm not. And I've always said this, that, you know, there's some people who date for fun and they're like, oh, let's see where this goes. I'm just not one of those people. If I feel like uh, I'm not one of those, like, like, oh, let's kind of see if this will bend or this will. It's not fun for me. It gives me anxiety. So I'll just rather not. So everything that you said, that's probably what it was. But I didn't like his reaction. I felt we, like it was just very judgy. And yeah. honestly, maybe it's because we were both feeling personally judged in this moment. But it was just judgy. <laughs> And it's like, <laughs> it's such a dumb thing to judge a person for. Like, you know, the pa- your past makes you who you are in some ways. Yes. But I think I get annoyed the more the couples talk about the past because I'm like, let's talk about the future. You guys should be focusing on your future together. So like doing this deep dive into like why someone was in a relationship for three and a half years, like it just, what's the point? Maybe I was just reading too much into this, but he was, I felt like he was kind of saying like, what kind of loser are you that you couldn't find anybody to date for three and a half years? But that's the beauty of when you have two people with completely different mindsets. I don't understand because for me, I'm thinking like, why are you serial dating? What are you running from? So, you know, what got <laughs> yeah, out of it? Way back when, what, like three episodes or whatever, when I was like, oh, who cares that he kept on dating? Sometimes you should not do a thing because you might have to explain it later. I'm watching his explanation, especially like, okay, going on first dates, that's one thing. But like, oh yeah, I went on a second date that didn't lead to a third date. Oh, because I got matched two days later. So then in her mind, she's thinking like, so if you hadn't gone matched, would you like be with this? Uh, like, maybe that was the love of your life that you just left behind to come marry me. Yep. I mean, we talked about it in that episode. I still stand by the fact that the minute he started the process, he should have stopped dating. Because He think- should have stopped going on any second dates. That's how. That's where I stand now. You can go on first dates, but that second date thing really threw me. I don't think you should have gone on any date. If you're getting your headspace and the possibility that you might get married, you don't get a second date unless you go on a first date. So what is the point of the first date? This is exactly what's going on with The Bachelor. I mean, I'm bringing in The Bachelor, where we had a bachelorette, Claire Crawley, and she went in there, but she started talking to some of the people in there. She fell in love, and now they have to scrap the whole show 
because she fell in love with someone. But if you're in the mindset, I'm going to go date, I'm not going to do cut corners and do things behind. You don't get to that point if you just follow the rules of how you were supposed to do it. So you don't get to a second date if you don't do the first date. And don't say you're ready for marriage and you're still dating with a possibility because yes, it's a possibility that you might not get called, but there's also that possibility that you might get called and you might be in between dates at that point. So if you're not at that point ready to marry, then why are you still dating? Very true. So moving on to their second kind of like discussion. So you felt like producers were asking people to talk about their childhood, but in this case, they were talking about swimming and that segued into like childhood, how they both didn't grow up with a lot of money. That was to me a, a pretty interesting conversation because I was I was wonder how like your how your family see saw money growing up and how much you had or didn't have yeah. can kind of affect your relationships. I agree, but I, so I was, was like, yeah, I always feel like theirs is organic, but I don't know, I don't know if I'm giving them too much credit. But I always felt like Olivia and Brent, which is why they got my bouquet last week, was that they have actual conversations that make sense. It's not like someone just jumps up and throws in something and it's like what it makes sense when they talk. Very true. Um, the other kind of interesting thing that they talked about later, well, something I concluded about Brett, like based on his dating and his engagement and all this, and maybe growing up with siblings, like Brett needs company and people around him and he's not comfortable by himself. And that to me is kind of a little bit of a red flag. Mm. Like people who can't be by themselves, can't sit with their own thoughts, can't entertain themselves. Mm -hmm. That is, that is not good. Yeah. That is not good. That is true. I actually didn't think of it that way, but that's true. I think Brett was a little too intense with the swinging. And I was very impressed by Olivia. That was very impressive. Very impressive. So I love that obstacle course. But once again, this is part of selling the resort. They're like, oh, you can practice for Ninja Warrior while you're here. (laughs) (laughs) And I I loved when Olivia was standing behind him a little bit and she mouthed that she won behind his back i was like yes you did girl yes you did <laughs> yes you did they did talk about kids though she was still honest and i think brett gave a fair answer i enjoyed their discussion about kids i think they're kind of on different pages you think so i think olivia is going back and forth because what she said was it's not my thing right now but when i meet someone i might be okay and then i might consider it but then when she talked to brett she was going straight like no i don't want one so i don't know which one is drama and what is the real answer I- I think both things can be true so overall so, what's your feeling about them like i said i most of the time you know watch them together they seem to like each other they seem to be attracted to each other they're being honest and open um you know he's talking about his cheating ex and how you can tell that it very deeply hurt him yeah and he's kind of willing to put that out there yeah um i it, it's not just only that that bachelor party scene happened it's that they keep on wanting to bring it up by having henry talk about it in the group discussion is he here for the right reasons i'm like they want us to keep that thought in our mind so i'm like is this a red herring or is this like letting us know as good as this looks it's not gonna look good later yeah we shall find out so on to our last couple karen and miles (laughs) well i'm gonna be kind to karen (laughs) this episode even though i started it with them miles was trying to wake her up And I'm like, I think Karen is one of those people who really likes her sleep and just doesn't want to be disturbed. I'm not one of those people, so I never understand why people want to sleep in. (laughs) So they're at breakfast and she asked him if he's lived with a woman before. He said he's had a female roommate, but not a romantic partner. 
And then he asks her, she says that she hasn't lived with anyone, but she says it's a big concern for her because she hasn't shared space before. And if it comes up where she wants alone time, that what happens that she's concerned about how she's going to let him know that it's not about you. And she's worried about how to articulate that. And honestly, I understand where she's coming from, but this also lets me know that she doesn't have feelings, feelings for him yet. And I mean, she said that she hasn't yet because for me, that was a huge concern for me. I'm someone who really likes alone time. And I really thought it would be a huge adjustment when I um, moved in with my husband. But honestly, it was the least of my concerns in everything that happened. It was not even an issue. All my life, I thought that it would be something I'll struggle with because I'm the kind of person that could lock myself up in my room and be by myself for like God knows how long. But I didn't feel like anyone was in my space. But I appreciate her saying it. But it's gotten to the point where I feel like Karen is looking for things. I don't know if you got that vibe also. Like she's thinking of all the things that could go wrong and not focusing more on what could go right with Miles. Catastrophic thinking is pretty normal human behavior. And for some people, they have to like work through all this stuff so that they can get to that finish line of a good relationship yeah i don't think she's being obnoxious about it and i don't think she's looking for trouble where it doesn't exist i actually feel like she's trying to troubleshoot before it's even an issue man like with the whole like oh how do i articulate that i need alone time yeah she's not holding it in she's just saying like hey let's think about this and like how can i deal with this so that we can be good i'm not like 100 percent solid on these two but you know they're 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 working on it I still don't think she should have been on this. It's not for someone like her. But anyways, they're out together. There's like a shot that I thought was so pretty because Miles picked out her sunglasses and she looked really good in the sunglasses and they were just making faces. But she does let us know that, you know, he makes her comfortable. Um, They have a conversation where Miles says he always wants to be, he's always wanted to be a husband and he wants to be the husband that he never saw because his dad was not in his life and that he's all in and he's willing to be patient and i agree with what you said earlier aid where the focus is on making karen comfortable making her what does miles get out of this what does karen have to do (laughs) i actually did write that down because i'm like we've heard so much about him you know being all in but is she saying i know she's mentioned that it takes her a while But are you all in? Like, where do you stand? And all this discussion about Miles, she didn't say anything last night about, here's what I need to do. Yeah. Like, he has these needs. It's all about, well, Karen needs this, so Miles has to do that. And Karen needs this, so Miles has to do that. They they are having fun together, though. Like, the sunglasses thing. Yeah. It's not like she's, like, holding a hand up. She, I feel like she's trying to relax and have a good time with him. So you, you can see that coming through. Yes. I do think she's trying. I just think her personality is not built for that. Like, she's way out of her comfort zone. But I will give her props, um, you know, for trying. But um, when he mentions also that he's been in 10 serious relationships and can't... He didn't say serious. He said monogamous. Monogamous. Well, monogamous is serious, isn't it? (laughs) No, it just means... I I just feel like it says that he's a one-woman guy. So, like, if he meets a woman and things are good, he's quick to commit. To being exclusive okay. but i guess to me like if you only do that for a month or two and then stuff comes up and you're like you're not really it 
then he's on to the next one. It's not great, but it's also not as negative as she made it sound. Well, Karen says she's been in two, and then she begins to say, I was going to ask you if you thought um, it was a negative, because for me, I kind of think maybe she has a valid point, because he's 26. How old were you that you had 10 relationships? Like, that's why, that's what made me think, like, is she just trying to bring up things, um, you know, red flags ahead of time, or is it valid? Because 10, I think 10 is a lot when you're 26. So is it a lot? Yes. How many one month relationships or you were in actual serious relationships? Is it, it, I think more of what the red flag is, is do you just want a person? Like I felt like he's, or the way they've set it up is like he's obsessed with being a husband. Like, is it almost obsessive at this point? It doesn't matter. This is where people can never win. I genuinely believe if you're going to go on a show called Married at First Sight, then you should be, like, I've known a, a couple guys like this who, like, even from a young age, they want to be with someone, they want to be married, they want to have a family. They don't go on sort of that, like, journey of the 20s where you're figuring stuff out. They've just known for a young age, like, what their goal is. Are they missing some lessons, like, in pursuit of that goal? Maybe. But I don't see it as a negative, especially for a show called Married at First Sight. Like, a guy like Miles is perfect. He wants to be married. The te- the only thing that the 10 monogamous relationships or whatever is like, so you really want to be with someone, but when you get someone, you can't seem to sustain a relationship over a long period of time. Yeah, which in turn is going back to why it could possibly be a red flag. You're so obsessed with being a husband that are you just focused on doing that that you don't go in the minutiae of what it takes to make a relationship work i actually i mean when you hear 10 minutes i'm like so you had to break up with people 10 times yeah so i mean to me i just feel it's a lot because i'm just thinking of 10 relationships at age 26 i'm like if you start when you're 16 that's only like one relationship a year <laughs> but i don't know he speaks a lot about wanting to be a husband a lot that i was just like okay this is beginning to sound obsessive but Miles and Karen have like a funny moment where Miles um, calls Karen a cougar and she goes, oh, did he ask his mom to sign his permission slip to come on this honeymoon, which I thought was cute. And, you know, Karen is showing her personality um, a little. And then he, I mean, I've mentioned again that he explained, he did explained again what he's dating to marry, you know, what his intentions are, which was what actually made me think that it was a bit obsessive. But I am glad he mentioned that his relate that her relationship was a concern her two relationship was a concern because to our point where we've been saying that everything has been about you know caring caring and what she wants or whatever i'm glad that he actually spoke up and said hey for for me you being in two relationships is a concern (laughs) so you know they flip the pages yeah and then they have these so they have that good discussion um especially about the cougar thing and then woody goes ahead and lies about choosing the activity that was chosen for him by the sponsored feature of this episode escarret resort so they go on a speedboat where woody and amani it was interesting to me how woody and amani were very quick to join karen's side about stop calling her cougar yeah um very quick and Amani was wearing a t-shirt that said that's deep which was so funny to me because Woody mentioned in in unfiltered you know that's her phrase yeah I like the whole hangout I like that um all four seem to be picking up like you know a friendship poor Miles you can tell that he wants more with Karen because I think he made a comment about Miles and Woody I feel like Miles and Woody are just putting the pressure on all the other couples (laughs) 
Um, and then, um, I think twice in this episode, I think Christina said it once and then someone else said it, like comparison is a thief of joy. Yeah. yeah so these couples hanging out together could, I, I would hope that no one is like trying to be Woody and Amani. Yeah. That's an, and there's no point in being jealous of what someone has three days in. Like yep. this is not, they have something good three days in. You guys have seven and a half weeks left. Like <laughs> yep. don't worry too much about it. And just because you burn, just because you burn fast in the beginning doesn't mean you won't burn out. And just because you have a slow burn doesn't mean you're not going to, you know, have a huge flame at the end. So everybody themselves. So that was all I had for Karen and Miles. So now that we've covered all of our couples, Let's uh, give out our bouquet to our top couple or individual of the week and a Burnt Ashes Award to the bottom couple or individual of the week. <laughs> so, Tane, who gets your bouquet this week? My bouquet this week is for the foursome that is Woody, Amani, Miles, and Karen. I really, really enjoyed the scene and I realized that every time all four of them are together, I enjoy them being together. I enjoy the joy that Woody and Miles have being friends. I like how Amani's just embracing, like even when she was um, defending um, Karen, she was like, don't talk about my friend like that. Like even though they just met and they just forced some, I really, it makes me happy every time I see the four of them together. So they get my bouquet. Very nice. I gave my bouquet this week finally to a couple. Oh. And I gave it to Christina and Henry. What? <laughs> this is so good to Christ- me scream like that. <laughs> I just, at the end of the episode, like, compared to last episode, they just, I mean, she is really trying, and he is exhibiting a personality every now and then, and so I just, I just commend them on their, their upward trajectory since last week. Who do you have for your burnt ashes? Oh, this is going to be awkward. My burnt ashes goes to Christina and Harry's awkward silences. (laughs) (laughs) I can't take it anymore. I really can't. And who gets yours? Uh, Amelia for dodging that settling down question because it was a very important question. Yes, it was. It was, especially something that is important in her life. Well, that is what we had. But before we leave, we want to say thank you for those of you that have left us ratings and reviews. And we wanted to read some of them out. So I'm going to have a real good time reading this name. (laughs) Yo, yo, yo. Awesome. Yo left a review that said, I've been looking for a Married at First Sight podcast, and I'm really excited to have found this fun listen. And we're excited that you found us, too. <laughs> Thank you. Exoskeleton says, when I look at him, I think of death. Crying laughing emoji and the casket emoji. You two are hilarious. And this podcast is precisely what I needed. 10 over 10. One last comment was from Instagram at booklover23 said, I want Christina and Henry to work out. Hopefully he will allow himself to be drawn out, open up, and he can help her realize she needs to take it down off her princess pedestal. Brett is quite a surprise how he's being so far. Love, love, love Amelia and Bennett together in their weirdness. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Please continue to leave us reviews and five-star ratings on the Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Altacall, M-A-F-S, that's A-L-T-A-R, C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S and don't forget to subscribe. We're available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. Bye! Bye! Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.